everyone and welcome back to another episode of Women Taught Tech. Today's guest is Irene Gentilly, an early stage investor at Speed Invest, focusing on marketplaces and consumer businesses. In this conversation, we chat about her motivation for joining the VC world and her experience in this field as a woman. We discuss why it's important to invest in female founders and what Speed Invest do to ensure their portfolio is more diverse. Whilst the number of female founders has been rising steadily over the last five years, the percentage of funding going to female-led companies remains incredibly low, with only 1% of VC funding going to female founders. Irene shares her insights and her advice for female founders and what you can do to stand out more in a very competitive VC world. Another great conversation which I hope you will enjoy. So Irene, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Yes, of course. Thanks a lot for, for having me and super happy to, to be here today. Uh, so I'm Irene. I'm uh, originally Italian. I'm actually from Rome. Uh, I, I have a business background, studied at uh, Bocconi in Milan for my bachelor and then did my master's uh, in, in Barcelona at the Southern Business School. Uh, after that, uh, went for a little while in consulting back in Milan and then decided to, to try the venture way. Uh, moved to Berlin uh, now three and a half years ago, at the beginning of 2020, which was also not the best time to do so. Um, but then uh, also like the VC space, decided to to stay for longer in the in this world. Uh, I started working in VC at Redstone in Berlin for where I stayed for two and a half years, and then um, decided to to make a switch and moved to to Speed Invest now more or less a year ago, uh, where I'm still at the moment. I'm currently still based in Berlin and at Speed Invest in the marketplaces and consumer team as an associate. Nice, nice. Amazing, amazing. And of course, we'll get into a lot more of your experience in, in the podcast. But yeah, I mean, in terms of DNI, I think from doing this podcast, I've learned so much, but I still think DNI is such a broad thing. It's such a broad topic. Uh, there's only so much you can really cover. So I'm always keen to know a little bit about what DNI means to you. So for you specifically, Irina, uh, what does DNI mean to you and why is it important? Of course, no. I mean, I think, of course, it's a it's a topic that I have at heart, just also for my for my personal career and, and personal, let's say, experience in the space. I think in general, it's uh, it's super important to have DNA in mind as a way to to empower ourselves as females and also have more role models, more peers, and more people to relate to in the space. But also not just for that. I think for me, it's also important to to look at DNI as a way to also have a more diverse team and environment in general. I think it's a great way to also have people with diverse backgrounds, ideas, experiences. I think it's always great when you look at things from many different perspectives um, and also bring you know different thoughts and different opinions into one room um, as it's the best, perfect way to to explore and to to also grow your mind and you know move out of your comfort zone more totally I couldn't agree more I think you know I I've, I've I've pretty much I grew up in London I had the very similar sort of friendship group for pretty much my whole life right you know you know your girlfriends and I think you, I couldn't agree more when you I think when you kind of open your circle and you really expand on the people that you're around, um, you learn so much more. And I think that's exactly what companies should be doing more, right? The more diverse your team is, the more knowledgeable everyone else will be because you'll have so many different perspectives and opinions being there uh, that you can all learn from. I think there's so many benefits to having a diverse team and a diverse friendship group as well. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, even if I just relate to my own experience, you know, when I moved to Germany, which is, you know, not such a big cultural switch than to Italy, but still, it's still a bit different. And I could feel that also working with colleagues from a different background or even just a different country, sometimes I would just see things differently and I would hear ideas and I would be like, oh, I never thought about that this way. And I think it's just a great way to to explore other ideas and, and looking, at, looking at things in a different way. 100% right, because I feel like you look at things from what you know uh, in every aspect, right? The more you kind of open your eyes and you're in a different environment, you see things very differently. I think that's what happens when you have a diverse team as well. For sure, yeah. I'm for sure, I totally agree. Yeah, and take us back to the beginning, because I think, you know, the, the finance world, the investment world is, you know, very male-dominated, just like tech. Um, but tell me how you got into the investment world. How, you know, how are you where you are today? Yeah, of course, happy to. Um, it was, I mean, it was not a, a straightforward way. And I think it was also not the first the first idea that I had when I when I started studying business and, and management. Um, I mean, I initially it was more into, let's say, you know, maybe I go into the, the consulting way, which I also tried. And, you know, I think it's uh, it's uh, something that also interests me a lot. But at some point I decided to basically look into the investment space Mostly, I think I got interested when I was uh, doing my master's, uh, especially Esade has a, has a very strong entrepreneurial department. And they also have a lot of people that exited and went into VC or went into building themselves something, founders, join operational roles. So they have a strong experience in this. And also we had a lot of uh, networking with people that went through this way. So at some point I started being interested in this and understanding that it could be something for me. I had a lot of friends that after our masters also went into into startups or VC also in Berlin or in London. So I had a lot of exposure to other people that did this. And at some point I just decided to try it out. So I started looking into into what, what would be there for me. Um, I started talking to funds, especially because I thought I would want to try the, the investments, the investment way first. Um, and at some point I just started having a couple of offers and I was like, uh, yeah, let, let's try it out. I accepted an offer for, for Redstone for what was an internship at the beginning. Uh, and then I liked it and decided to, to continue full time. So it was, a, it was a very lucky also trial in the end. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's quite a cool thing. You actually got to try it out before you fully committed uh, as an intern, I think. So, so amazing, right, to try different things. But yeah, I guess you, you had a bit of a, a trial period so before you fully committed. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it's a, it's a good way to, to try things out. Also, for me, it was a big switch from, from what I was doing before. So, you know, you also have to learn a lot of new things. But I think it was the perfect way to, to also transition into a new role and really understand if it was something for me. Yeah, yeah. And would you say your main motivations were just, I guess, your, the people around you were doing a very similar, um, similar path? Was there anything that was like, hey, I definitely want to be in the VC world? Was there anything that really stood out to you there? Yeah, I think I was always, I mean, it might sound very basic, but I was always very into innovation and tech. Like I was always into trying out, trying out new, new tech things, new new things that I could just use for my personal life. So I think that interests me a lot to also understand, you know, the most recent developments into the tech space. And I think in general, I also realized I really want to do a job that is connected with people and that gives me the, yeah. the ability to, to really meet new people and also leverage my my network and really enlarge my my social skills. I mean, I, I'm, I am a social person. I think 
I really like to to meet new people and interact from on a social perspective with others. Not just you know not just meeting new people, but also doing a job in which you're constantly connected with your team and you need to discuss things together and bring ideas forward together. So I really thought this could be something for me. Uh, and also in general, just connecting with founders and exchanging ideas. I really like to be, and that's also why in the end I chose to to be more in the earlier stage of investment, but I really like to be there when it's a bit of brainstorming ideas, what could work and whatnot. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of trial and error. And I think it's also a lot of just, you know, things that in the end don't work or just great ideas that in the end are not really feasible. But I really like this this brainstorming, this initial really passion about just trying out something new and something that I wanted to be involved with more into into my career. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And what's your experience been working in the investment world as a female? How has that been for you? Because I'm sure uh, you may be one of one of a few right in the team or one of a few in the company. So tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, as you said, um, I was always one of the few um, at Redstone. I mean, I think, you know, I always was part in, in teams where other females were there. But of course, the, the gender ratio was always not uh, was yeah. always not at best. Um, I think both at Redstone and now it's been best, especially in my team. Um, there's, there's more men than women, for sure. So I was always in the less represented side. I have to say, I always, uh, I really believe that I was really lucky to also be in teams that always made me feel very, very supported. Uh, I never felt, you know, like left out or or not part of the not part of the team. Um, I was always included, and I was always, I always had colleagues that made sure that I was, I was feeling at best, even though I wasn't you know maybe i wasn't part of the of the most represented uh, part of population in the team um but i think in general it also made me more aware of you know the fact that we are underrepresented and sometimes you have to make yourself be heard and you make you need to make yourself also be be more aware of your surroundings and what's in it for you as a as a female i think in general what probably I missed um, is that in general you don't in most especially in the investment space you don't have so many role models still um, because I think now representation in terms of gender it's much better at our seniority level but probably in higher seniority levels so not that great so there are a lot of very successful female investors but of course the ratio is still not the same as you know someone who's partner level right now so I think for me it was also a bit of lacking a role model in the in the female space but it's something that of course I hope will even improve in the future yeah yeah and would you say that's probably been one of the biggest challenges or have there been any other challenges because I I I could agree right you know at, at that sort of level at leadership level right in many industries there's there's little females right so how do you really envision yourself being there yeah no of course I think in general um um yeah it's probably one of the biggest challenges that I had just to relate to someone that is a bit more senior than you and you know can can also guide you and be be sort of a mentor for you um I think in general um you know, I, I met and also tried to connect with women that were more senior than me and successful and could, you know, pave, pave the way or, or teach you 
teach you something, but it's always good when you have someone in your team or in your company that is really mentoring you and working with you on a, on a daily basis. And if it's a, if it's a female, they can show you how they did it and how they're, they're doing it in their, in their life at the moment, it would be great. So I really hope this would be something that we will have even more in the future. And I think in general, of course, it's, it depends a bit on the team, but of course being less represented also has an impact on, on your peers. I think it's, I can relate and make friends with, with men a lot. I think I don't have any problem working with men, but of course it's always nice to have another woman in your team to which you can also relate to some extent also on a personal level on, on some things a bit more and also team up a bit more and support each other. So I think sometimes lacking a peer um, is also something that I felt. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the that sort of challenge right it's probably really hard for you to to change that yourself right you'd have to someone somehow really encourage the team to hire more women so how would you say you've overcome this because I think networking is probably great for that but how have you kind of personally overcome that that struggle yeah. of not having any fem- female peers in the team yeah I think for me I always try to go outside of my own company and my own team and try to to network with other women that are going through the same path as I am because I just assume that you know as I'm one of the few in my team probably there's other women that are just one of the few in their teams and also want to connect with someone else so I just try to to network a lot especially in Berlin because I think it's great if you can just meet in person um, and uh, I just try to connect with other other women that were doing the same thing or following the same career path exchanging ideas also to understand how it is in their teams if they're doing anything different in your team or if you can teach them something and you can just exchange ideas on on how to to do things in a bit different way Um, and also I think with respect to to the mentorship or you know role models I also try to to reach out to successful women entrepreneurs and successful women investors that are not in my company or even in my company but not in my team you know in some 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 other team or outside of the company to have a bit of guidance um, and also, I think in general, I also try to find someone that I could relate as a role model, also as a male. I mean, of course, I don't say that we should only connect with women and just be, be in our own women bubble in some sense. But I think <laughs> there's also a perfectly way to, you know, find someone that you really connect to also, also as a male and really take that person as a role model, have that person mentoring you a bit more to also be able in your own team or in your own company to have someone that you feel closer to. Yeah, and it could be the case, right, that male that you're in contact with, they may know another other female that they could introduce you to, right? And I think in the end, so I think that's the best thing to do, to just put it out and say that you want to meet people and you want to have some role models yeah. and you want to just be out there. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, my, I think the founders at Impala, my directors have been amazing at that because, of course, there's, they are, they're the two male founders, right? Uh, and they may, you know, they don't know the female struggles, et cetera, in the industry, but they've been amazing at introducing me to other females in recruitment who are at that leadership level who could be able to help. Yes. So I think that that is so true. It's not about the females in your team, but about the females that are outside of that as well. For sure, for sure. I totally agree. Yeah. And what do you particularly love about working in the industry you're in? Because I think, you know, through the podcast, it would be great to inspire other women to get involved in tech, finance, whatever, you know, world they want to get involved in. So share your experience. Like, what do you love about being uh, in the investment world? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's uh, something that I also mentioned before, which is the social aspect of the job. Uh, I think you need to when you start doing this, you need to know that it's a very social job. So you need to you need to like this, I think, in general. 
Uh, I'm not someone that likes to go out every day, but I like to go to social events and I like to be able to meet new people and talk to new people. So I think it's something that you should enjoy when you start doing this job. It's a, it's a very important part of the part of the work of your everyday life. And it's also how in the end you, you can progress, you can get deals, you can get opportunities, you uh, build networks together, events together. So in the end, it's a, it's a lot of the social part that I really enjoy myself. Um, on top of that, I think it's a very, very dynamic job. Um, I tend to get bored very easily. So I like to to have various activities and various goals and various things to think about. So it's not that on one day I have just one main thing that I have to do. I always have very different things on my plate, um, which also enables me to just pick up my brain about different topics, different things and different tasks. Uh, it's not just about the numbers. It's not just about meeting founders. It's a, it's a mix of different things, which I also like to do within the day. And also connected to the dynamic aspect, I really like the fact that there's no two days that are the same. Um, yeah. and, also, and also not two weeks, because maybe one week you're just focusing on closing a deal and that's your main task. But then the week after, one of your portfolio companies is having a problem and then you have to focus on that. And then the week after your team is hosting an event and that's your main, your main priority. So it's really, it's really nice for me to be able to, to also have different priorities and different goals during different, different times of the year. Um, it's also a very dynamic job in the sense of saying sometimes are super busy and sometimes are really chill. Uh, for example, as as I was saying, August is uh, is usually a rather chill month in the VC space, and then now September will probably be super busy. So you also have these ups and downs on you know how to to structure your job and your private life in relation to each other, which is for me also really good. Um, and then maybe one last thing is that I think in general, of course, it depends a bit on your fund and your team and and what you do, but. It, it's a job that can enable you to really look into what you like in terms of topics and in terms of even even deals itself. If you want to do a bit more late stage, if you want to do early stage, if you want to do fintech, if you want to do health, if you want to do consumer, as I do, um, I think it's a, it's a job that really enables you to just say, this is what I like, this is my topic, and I want to do a bit more of this. Wow. So, I mean, from, from what you said, it seems that there's a lot of flexibility there. You know, there's room to do so much. There's room to try different things. And it seems that there's room to kind of step out your comfort zone. So I could really see why it is such an attractive industry and, and role to be in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think for me, it's very important to have a good work-life balance. I think, yeah. of course, that's that's related on, on your team as well. I think in that my team is great in really enabling enabling us to just manage our own time. But for me, it's great to be able to manage my tasks and my time as I want to. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of responsibility, but there's also a lot of just trust in your team on you to say, you know, you know, when you have to do certain things, you just do them, but we don't have, put, we don't put that much pressure on you. And I think that's also great from, from a from mindful and stressful perspective to just work a bit better and also manage your private life a bit better. A hundred percent. I think when your private life is, is, is on point or your private life is great, you know, you're able to perform better in your work. Right. Um, so I think having that balance is so important. For sure. For sure. One hundred percent.
Yeah. And, you know, just for those who are not too sure exactly what you do and how it works, could you maybe describe like how, like what your role involves? And, and for those who maybe are thinking, hey, I want to want to be in the investment world, but what do I actually have to do on a day to day basis? I mean, I know you said it does change, but give me a bit of a summary on what you do on a day to day day to day basis. Yeah, of course. Happy to. Um, I mean, um, at Speed Invest, I'm an associate. Um, I think also it should be also clarified different VCs have different seniority levels and also different hierarchy structures. I think we are probably one of the VCs with the, let's say, more structured hierarchy, also because we are so big by now. We are, I think, 90, 100 people. I don't have the exact number right now, but we are a really big fund. So it also comes with the fact that at some point you need to structure yourself better. Maybe in yeah. smaller funds, you can have less less hierarchy structure or yeah, less, uh, let's say, also steps in your career. Um, but in general, even though we, are, we have different steps, we try to be rather flat in terms of responsibilities. Of course, a partner will have more responsibility and more ownership than an analyst or an associate, but we try to all do a bit of everything. In general, what I do on my daily basis I always every day have a couple of founder calls, in general first calls um, in which I just meet new founders, can be in-person meetings or all just calls online um, based on, on where they are based and what works best. But it's a way to, to meet new founders that you met through someone else or got in contact with through network or deals that were passed to you. So you always try to, to meet new founders and then also analyze and assess new, new ideas. Um, Generally, once or twice a week, we have meetings with the whole team in which we discuss new leads that come from, from these first calls. So usually if I have, I don't know, 10 calls a week, then maybe two are interesting. And then I bring them to, to our deal call and discuss them to the rest of the team um, to also understand if it's something that we would want to push forward. Um, and then in that case, maybe also during the week, you have second calls in which you bring in someone else from the team and you just yeah. talk with the founders again, assess something in a bit more... Um, quantitative way you know you do a bit more analysis and detail so you always have maybe one or two deals ongoing that you're assessing a bit better during the week and then on top of that it's also a lot of portfolio work I think also the let's say the scope in which you are involved with your portfolio companies changes a bit from fund to fund we tend to be rather active in that um, we do a lot of support for our portfolios we also have our on platform team that uh, does an amazing job in supporting our companies in, in a lot of things that they need. But also us from the investment team, we stay in contact with our founders, especially in the deals that we closed ourselves. So if I bring a deal and I close that, then I continue to work on that deal, usually with another person from the team. Um, so we, we sometimes have update calls with our companies. Sometimes we help them doing some tasks, participate in board meetings. So it's also a lot of, a lot of portfolio involvement. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. And you know, really keen to kind of go into the topic of female founders, right? Because I think it's it's such a, a such a topic that which we're discussing a lot more about. But I think I read in the UK um that only one percent of VC funding goes to female founders. So the the numbers are extremely low. Um I'm probably sure it's very similar in Germany, right? Um, and I think you mentioned that Speed Invest try to do a lot to ensure that you do invest in female founders. So how do you do this and kind of how have you how have you found the female founder world? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think in general, we we don't we try to make the process of deal assessment rather unbiased. So we don't have yeah. any specific measures for female founders. One, we once we are in the due diligence process, we try to make that really unbiased and try to assess every kind of founder in the same way without any bias on their background. 
what we are trying to do is to really make sure that we talk to more female founders because I think the problem, rather than saying I want to invest in this woman or not, is just to get to know that woman and really connect with female founders, which is sometimes a bit lacking. Um, So what we're trying to do is really to increase our top of the funnel deal flow with respect to, to female founders. And we're trying to do this in different ways. So first of all, we're also keeping track of um, how many female founders we talk to, to have an understanding if we're doing a good job or not. Um, so we have <laughs> our deal flow, we just you know mark down if there's a female founder or not to understand if we are actually improving in this or not. And then I think for us, it's really important to participate in initiatives that are just helping funds to to connect with with female founders and vice versa like for example office hours in which as a as an investor you can just connect with the founder and give them advice there's specific networking events there's uh, for example i don't know women breakfast women dinners in which you can connect with female founders and the great thing is that many times it's not just female investors participating in this in these events it's because otherwise yeah. you contribute to creating that bubble and that you know break yeah. from male to female um, but there's also a lot of my male colleagues that participate in this in these events so it's uh, it's really just a way to be able to arrive to more women women entrepreneurs and not just to you know connect women with women but to really increase the funnel in general yeah I think that's the key right it's not like you said you don't just want to build a, a woman uh, bubble whereby everything there you know over here right there's only female investors only female exactly. founders because I think that that's part of the problem, right? You're still somewhat segregating the genders. I think having more men involved in those conversations about female founders is, is equally as important uh, as the other way around. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I'm sure that in many companies, uh, they may not have a, a budget or resources to kind of do this. But I know that you mentioned that you have an angel investor at Speed Invest who's kind of taking care of all the female and all the diverse founders. Many may not have the benefit or the luxury of that. But what do you think the benefit is in, in having some that does just focus on that aspect? Yeah, I mean, of course, I think in general, so um, our one of our partners at Speed Invest, uh, Dipali, she's she's based in London. She she was uh, she was in the Atomico Angel program and now she's a partner at Speed Invest. She also does angel investments herself uh, and she's basically pushing our female and diverse background funders initiative. Um, this doesn't imply that uh, funding or investments comes from another vehicle. It always comes from from our main Speed Invest funds, but she also brings her own background and her own expertise to also source for more deals that are related to female founders. Um, so I think for us, it's, uh, as I was mentioning before, a way to, or measure to increase top of the funnel deal flow within within women entrepreneurs um, and also bring her own expertise because also as an angel investor, she only invests in, in diverse background founders. So I think for us, it's a great way to just have more understanding and more more overview of really what's, uh, what are the great characteristics that she sees in such founders. Yeah, yeah. And I guess on that note, you know, I'm sure you you have an idea about what you actually look for, right? Uh, I think female, male, whatever gender you may be as a founder, there's somewhat some some kind of evaluation criteria. I guess for you, what do you kind of look for um, when you are looking to invest or when you are looking for, for more founders? Yeah, of course. Uh, happy to happy to answer that. I think it's uh, for us being especially a very early stage investors. I think the people are everything in a company. So of course, of course, we look at the product. We look if it's a if it's a market that is interesting and and how the the product is going. But for us, really connecting also on a personal level with the founders is super important. 
I think the the background of the founder is of course relevant, but we I think we also don't have a, a next let's say a background as a VC of someone that just invests in, you know, top CVs or people that just come from consulting or investment banking. I mean, of course, if you come from investment banking, then you're you're probably a smart person and you you have a great shot at, at having your company founded, but that's not our main prerequisite. So we try to, we're actually very happy to talk with people that have a great background, but maybe a bit more diverse or a bit more uh, let's say also focus in in what they want to do. I think for us, you know, whether you come from business or you come from some other background, the the main prerequisite is that you are in line with what you want to build. That you just didn't, you know, find out that this could be an idea and then push for it. But you really need to have a passion. So you know, you you were doing this or something in this space before, and then you got the idea somehow, and you want to you want to develop your own product, you want to found your own company. So for us, passion and, and really believing in what you do is, is really important. So we really want to have founders that are bullish and also a bit uh, just overly convinced about themselves sometimes, but you need to convince us as well. So I think being, being a founder that really believes in your, in your product is, is very crucial. And I think in general, we also are very happy to, to talk to teams that are very complementary with one each other. I mean, of course, sometimes you need to have more tech people, sometimes there's no need, but in general, we like to have people with different experiences. So someone with the business background, someone with a more sales related background, someone with the technical background. I think it's very important to have a founding team that is complementary and can really bring different experiences to the table. Yeah, and I think that's so important, right? Because that is irrelevant as whether you're a female or male founder, right? Those are things that you look for no matter what. Um, I think that that's insightful and I guess onto the female side uh, what advice would you give to female founders who are now seeking funding and maybe going through the investment process I know you mentioned what you actually look for but what advice would you maybe give to them I love that you said bullish but, <laughs> but yeah what would what advice would you maybe give to for sure I mean I think something that I that I heard once and that kind of resonates in my head for for a lot of time which was actually related to when when applying for a job is that male candidates just apply when they fit one of the criteria and women just always apply when they have to fit all of them uh, which I think is very true because it's also what I always did in the past I was like oh I don't speak German so I can't apply to this job but then maybe if I did I would just get the job anyways so I think just not underestimate or undersell yourselves and even yeah. if you think that something might be too much for you or too difficult just try it out because the worst that can happen is that they say no and I think there's nothing wrong in trying and failing but rather trying and, and just it and at least you did it and you can say that you know you did your best um so really not underselling, but just trying your best, just going out there, meeting people and trying to to put yourself out there and to see, you know, where you can go and what you can reach. And just in general, have a lot of fun. I think it's, of course, if your company succeeds and becomes a unicorn, if you have a great exit, it's, it's amazing. But I think it's also a, a process and a growth in which you can just have a lot of fun and even if your company doesn't succeed then it's just a lot of learning and a lot, a lot of connections made also for maybe your next company or your next career step so just you know enjoy the process also itself and not be too too stressed or too too worried about it and just seeing how it goes 
Yeah, I love that. And, and that stat always stands out to me as well when you say that um, men apply when there's just one thing they can do and women will not apply if they can't do all. And it's so true because I think as women, uh, we, we try to be perfect in, in all aspects and that's not that's not realistic, right? We may try and we may fail. But I think having the, the kind of wrist uh, and the appetite to kind of really go for it is what's more important. Because if imagine if you go for it and it's amazing and you, you kind of sell the company and you're billionaires or whatever, like that that is an opportunity you don't want to miss. Yeah, exactly. And maybe you're like, oh, no, I don't want to talk to this fund because they're just, you know, top tier. They will never invest in me. But yeah, I mean, maybe they won't. But, you know, just have a conversation. Maybe they're just great people and you become friends or maybe you can, you know, connect for your next company or maybe even this one gets funding. So, you know, just try it out yeah. and see how it goes. 100%. And I guess, in your opinion, what do you think female founders could do to maybe stand out more? I mean, the stats are low, we get that. Um, but what do you think, you know, female founders can do to really make sure they they are getting the funding, they are, you know, changing the maybe the stats that are super low, like I said? Yeah, of course. I mean, as I was saying before, I think networking brings uh, or, or represents a very, very big portion of this. Yeah. I think, you know, even if you even if you're not the biggest social animal just pushing yourself to just go out there and meet people and and bring your product and your company to the stage and you know show it to people so even just to increase awareness and this can increase you know your potential to to get funding but can also increase your reach to users company growth you know it just brings a lot of benefits in general so i think just being out there and meeting people is one of the best things you can do uh, and I think in general, as I was mentioning, there's now a lot of initiatives for, for female founders, but yeah. also being proactive with respect to this thing is, in my opinion, very important. Uh, and maybe, you know, if you have an idea of how female founders can connect more with each other, a new event or a new initiative or whatever, I think it's, you know, you can also be remembered as the person that started this. So also being a bit innovative and a bit thinking outside of the box with respect to this can bring a lot of benefit. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I guess on the flip side, I guess you as an investor, um, you know, what could investors do more or do better at to ensure that their portfolio is more balanced and that, you know, when it comes to male and female founders, it's not so weighted to, to one side? Yeah, for sure. I think in general, um, participating into all these initiatives that I was mentioning, of course, helps. As I was saying, I wouldn't recommend anyone to just put bias decisions into your own investment process and say, okay, we want to invest uh, only if this person is a woman, um, because also it brings away, uh, let's say, op op openness and options on the other sides. Uh, but I would really encourage to make the best to to have more female founders just applying and just that you speak to more female yeah. founders. So participating in these initiatives, opening up to, you know, talking on LinkedIn on, you know, how you would want more female founders to approach you. And I don't know, um, advertising your female investors and say, we would want to meet female founders or even just more diverse founders. I think that's a, that's a great way to, in general, increase your, your reach to, 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 more, to a more diverse background, found, uh, background founder space. And I think in general, also one thing that I would really recommend is to... Um, diversify also your investment team. Uh, I think for us uh, at Speed Invest, I think we're doing a pretty good job in general in, in gender ratio. Uh, and this also brings the fact that we we also ourselves bring more diverse founders. Um, yeah. Of course, just because of how my personal network is, I will have probably more reach on female founders than one of my male colleagues. 
So having also more women in your team just helps this a lot. So also be able and be sure that your investment team is also itself diversified. Yeah, because I guess your network and, and the, the kind of male in your team's network will be very different. So he'll bring one one sort of founder and you maybe bring another. So that that I think is key, right? Exactly. And also even just when, you know, I, I'm saying, you know, the investment process itself shouldn't be biased. But in the end, maybe sometimes a bit it is. And maybe as a as a male, you can just personally relate more to, to a great founder that is also a male. And maybe I relate a bit more to a great founder that is a woman. So ha- also having <laughs> more diversity in your investment team can also be sure that you are also investing in these women that are founding companies. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Wow. Well, no, honestly, Irene, thank you so much for kind of sharing your insights. Uh, honestly, I learned so much in this, this 30 minutes. So I'm sure so many other people will learn so much. So yeah, thank you again for joining me. And like I said, such a great conversation. Of course, thanks a lot for having me. I think this is a, this is a great format. So I'm, I'm very, very proud to, to be part of this and wishing you all the best for the next episodes as well.